You can't build a house without a good foundation. And it's the same thing with executive functioning. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. Join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems, and we're diving into all things executive functioning. And we're talking about it because so many people struggle with tension, getting stuff done. So let's dive into this conversation. What are the foundational skills of executive functioning? Why is it important for you to know about that? Well, you've been listening to the series about executive functioning, something that's near and dear to my heart, because basically all the kids I work with, I don't care if they're five, I don't care if they're 25, all my failure to launch kids, they struggle with getting stuff done. And certainly getting stuff done and producing work at the level that is what we call commiserate in line with how smart they are. When we talk about executive function, we have to talk about those foundational skills because we all want to get to the higher level skills, writing, really high level work completion. Guess what? Just like the roof can't go on the house without a good foundation, it's the same thing with executive functioning. So let's talk about those foundational skills. So response inhibition, working memory, emotional control, good flexibility in your brain, sustained attention, right? Staying on task, being able to stick with it and starting tasks or what we call task initiation. So we're going to talk a little bit about all of these. But just as a reminder, attention is the brain's ability to alert. Executive functioning is planning or prioritizing for a future event or result and outcome. And people with great executive functioning think in results. People without good executive functioning don't. And what is the foundation? So the number one foundational skill for executive functioning is response inhibition. That means putting the brakes on people. That means being able to shift gears, being able to um, really engage in a task and control our impulses at the same time, right? I always say like kids with ADHD or executive functioning issues, they're so easily distracted. And the distractibility is about the brain's inability to control impulses. And we think of impulse control as kids that are sort of hyper and obnoxious, but it happens at a cognitive level too. And that's not what we talk about enough. But this is that foundational piece. If we don't control ourselves behaviorally and cognitively, we can't build from it. So how do we do that? (laughs) We're going to talk more about that, but it really is about reinforcing, shaping the behaviors you want. It's about lots and lots of practice, way more than you think. If you've heard my podcast and you're binge listening, you know I talk a lot about that it takes 34 times to master something at a innate level. And if you have a learning or processing problem, anything that's interfering with your thinking, anxiety, depression, it's going to be three times that amount. So you go from 34 to over 100. And it could be 200. Each person's a little different, but it's a minimum of three times that amount, which is shocking to people. But that is the brain. And everything we do, right, we're parenting with the brain in mind. We need to look at research. We need to make informed decisions and we really have to remember our kids aren't doing this on purpose. Okay. Go back and listen to that episode. 
If you think your kid's doing this on purpose, they're not. So response inhibition, super, super important to teach our kids to help regulate, to support their controlled responses without shaming, blaming, punishing them, right? We have to shape the behaviors we want. We want to show them what to do and then reinforce the heck about out of it and give it lots of practice. That's behaviorism 101. So I talk a lot about in my executive functioning toolkit. I hope everybody gets it. It's a really great resource for parents. And I definitely talk about it in my book. It's going to be okay. Does your child struggle to complete tasks or they can't stay focused enough to finish their homework or get anything done? Or maybe they're super fearful and moody. This may leave you questioning if your child has ADHD or something else like a learning problem, anxiety, depression, or OCD. Well, I've created a quick quiz that will tell you if it's ADHD or something else. Text the word quiz to 13ALERTMORE to take my free quiz so you can get to the bottom of what's going on and the right solutions. That's text the word quiz to 13ALERTMORE. The next part is working memory. So working memory, people will say, my kid's got a great memory or he's got a memory for what he wants. Well, there's all kinds of memory. We have short-term memory. We have working memory. We have long-term memory. And then we have different kinds of memory, visual memory, auditory, kinesthetic. Then we have different amounts of memory. Then we have a long-term recall, short-term recall, like all different components of memory. It's way more complex. But working memory is exactly what it sounds like. It's what we use a lot. And it's we need to hold a certain amount of information for a short amount of time. That's our working memory. The difference between short-term working and long-term memory is this. Let me give you this example. So short-term memory is what's that phone number? Say it back to me. Okay, great. Working memory is what's that number? Say it backwards. And long-term memory is I gave you that phone number like a half an hour ago, an hour ago, or yesterday, what was that number? And you can see the difference in it. And in working memory, we use it so much because we have to hold multiple commands all the time. So like, I got to get my coffee. I got to make sure I write the check for the cleaning lady. I got to make sure the lunch is, you know, all this stuff kind of going on at the same time. And you know what, guess what? We scaffold things to help us remember. We do structured, we do routines, we do batching, we write things down. There's so many ways to help support us and working memory. There are hacks, there are things that can be taught. So let's talk about emotional control and flexibility because I think there is an overlap there, but flexibility is more about cognitive flexibility. Emotional control is emotional control. So if your kid's an emotional hot mess, how are they going to learn? Tell anybody, anybody, there's crickets, or I'd say Bueller, Bueller, they can't. (laughs) Emotional control is so important. And many kids with autism, ADHD, anxiety, depression, pants, pandas, they don't have emotional control. So why are we trying to build a house of higher level executive functioning skills, really insisting on work production, consistent work production that's in line, commiserate with their intelligence? 
We've got to get the emotional regulation in peace in place. And that's why so many people do neurofeedback with me because it is amazing at creating a regulated behavioral response because we regulate the brain and it certainly enhances flexibility. So cognitive flexibility is that ability to shift gears, to be able to handle the unexpected. Many of our kids can't handle the unexpected. They they freak out when we surprise them. We change the plan. They might, in this case, with emotional control and flexibility, they view a little problem as something huge, right? So imagine, you know, it's an ant, but they treat it like an elephant. There is a problem in their brain's ability and perception that leads to an emotional dysregulation. Do you see how there's a, how that's there? So we've got to work on that. We've got to work on cognitive flexibility and emotional flexibility. And that's not easy, kids. That is might be a long-term thing. When you have a kid who struggles with emotional control, that is because they do not see an end result. They do not see a solution. And then they fall apart. They go back to behaviors that they just don't know another way. And we have to do that. So sustained attention, another super important foundational piece. It's exactly what it sounds like. Can you keep paying attention and in the real world during non-preferred, aka boring tasks? People with good attention can sustain. People with poor attention can't. And attention could be impaired for a lot of reasons. Go back and listen to the episode about the reasons why your attention can be impaired from ADHD to brain injury to dyslexia. A lot of reasons. But we have to be able to sustain our attention. We also have to, what is ADHD? You know, what is attention? You want to listen and understand a normal 10-year-old is really only going to be able to pay attention for about 20 minutes. So why are we thinking he's going to sit down for two hours? Let's set him up for success, not failure. And then starting tasks. One of the biggest complaints that I have from parents is about, wow, they can't even start it. So with executive functioning, it's because they don't see the end result. They have no anchor. So we've really got to focus on that. These are the foundational components. And the next one, we're going to be talking about what are advanced components of executive functioning so you can help to build and get to the next level. These are where we scaffold. If you think your kid can't pay attention, you think they can't get stuff done, I challenge you. It's about getting in there, reinforcing, making the implicit explicit, and really helping them with that metacognitive process, that thinking process. And we're going to dive more into that. Parenting is hard and there are many ups and downs. Just know that no matter what is going on with your kid and your family, however bad that executive functioning is, however challenged you are by their lack of brain flexibility, it's going to be okay. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 